Airing from the No Sponsorship Studios, this is Buddy Walk with Jesus, where real life and the kingdom of God connect. Now, your hosts, Joe and Edgar. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your goodness. Father, each and every day you bring new glad tidings. Father, I thank you for the day we are in, for the moment we are in. Father, that we could feel your presence, your manifest presence calling out to us to come follow you, to be still and know that you are here. Father, to not fear, to know that we are loved by you. Father, you say so many things at once, and yet somehow our spirits, if in tune with you, we can pick it up. We can hear the myriad of sayings that you have just for us in particular. Though we are unique, you know each of us individually. Father, you've destined us to hear your voice, Father. And I thank you for the opportunity to sit here before you, to look at your face, to feel your breath upon us. I thank you for this opportunity to be in your presence, your manifest presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, guys, what is up? Welcome back to Buddy Walk with Jesus. As always, as we get started, we want you guys to know two very important things that you are prayed for and that you are loved deeply. Um, for all the links, for all the things, you can check us out at Buddy Walk with jesus.com um and most importantly if you are in need of prayer do not hesitate to reach out prayer at buddywalkwithjesus.com in when the new year starts there's always for some people i shouldn't say it's a blanket statement like a lot of times it's a year that we look either of two ways something new is going to happen um, and we're looking forward to the new year to the shedding of the old skin if you will shedding of what's been weighing us down but sometimes for people it can be a hesitancy you know what if this year is like last year you know what if the same things that have plagued me even before COVID and the pandemic and all that, people have can get into this slick, cyclical effect. But when you when you think about God and how He journeys with people, one of the things that He often says is, "Do not fear." And in these days, I found it to be true that when I'm having concerns or worries or fears that my spirit is not aligned with God's spirit. And what do I mean by that? <clears throat> I recently was telling a friend, you know, when we're going into a state of agitation or feeling like fearful or angry or any of these states of agitation, what fruit of the spirit would help us calibrate most quickly and you know sometimes it depends on what your situation is there are multiple fruits that might help 
people might grab quickly for for love and that might be true but one of the ones that we sometimes don't really think about is self-control like when we're ready to blow our lid easiest one to grab is self-control okay so how do i do this fruit of the spirit i'm having a moment that's hard and i'm ready to act out you know just you know blow my top self-control well if i think about the fruit of the spirit and my mind your mind may come to different pictures if i have self-control through the fruit of the spirit that means i know he's in control so i don't want to have myself be in charge i want to be controlled by his spirit so i want myself controlled by him oh okay now i get it so how do i bring that into my spirit my being my thought if i can put it that way my foremost thought might be better and then i could start navigating because i'm becoming aware of where i'm falling short and how god wants me to see myself and how i really am behaving so the fruit of the spirit can do this also for fear um and there are many types of fears um one of the ones that my family is facing is the fear of medical things um so how does that get conquered by the fruit of the spirit well my mind my mind goes to perfect love casts out all fear so what would that look like well perfect love isn't a person's love because we know there's limitations on that and it's imperfect at best it's imperfect um so what kind of love is it's talking about unconditional love well unconditional love what does that mean well it means outside of any conditions that's how my mind is interpreting it somebody else may take the journey differently but as i start to get into the fruit of the spirit and these points where i'm being negative or agitated or having shortcomings and i start looking at god's character which is the fruit of the spirit that the holy spirit produces in us then he takes the burden of my transformation my change upon himself so he can effect it in my life that doesn't mean that i don't do anything and it's it's a passive thing on my side no it means that i'm actually coming to alignment with it these are difficult times you know i think of you know ju- just journeying with the people that i have in my life and seeing that a lot of us are really going through some deep i'm going to use the word pruning for those of you who are not familiar with the word it's when you cut off pieces of a plant stems or branches so that it can grow better that it'll have more um energy putting forth to growing things than to um trying to keep dead stuff alive now that sounds really wow that just did it for me there keeping keeping the dead stuff alive what might that be like a lot of us are familiar with past memories or past wounds and hurts and we revisit them 
if we allowed God to prune that, come in and cut it off so that we didn't give it any more energy to grow, try to sustain it, try to revive it, that we would get actually new stems, new leaves growing out from us. And I think that's where God paints that pictures in the gospel of pruning being such an important part of a Christian's life. Because a lot of times there's stuff that's really dead, that's trying to remain alive. And I'm talking about it's dead and it's trying to remain alive. And Joe, you've been in the wilderness and you've, and I know you've gone hiking. We've gone hiking, I think once or twice, where you see some of the trees, they have these nice, nice parts of them, not trees, bushes, nice parts of it. And then this, this twigs, there's dried twigs sticking out of them. Um, and it, it's always that weird kind of look to it. It's like it's dead, but it's alive kind of thing going on. And that's sort of what the pruning keeps away from. It keeps that dead twig being part of the plant. And I, I think in my life, in the situations that I'm experiencing now, I'm seeing that I have to lean into the pruning. I have to just tilt my head like you would into the wind so you don't fall over. I have to lean into the pruning. Oh, this is so difficult to say. I tell you, it hurts to even think what I'm saying. I'm actually saying so freely. There are challenges in life that you cannot, I'm going to use the word manipulate or manage might be a better word. You just have to let God at it. He's the artist. He's the gardener. And if you do not let him do it, you're going to wind up making a mess of it. And we see from the Bible, people who decided to fulfill God's word with their human finite understanding. I won't even call it wisdom. Um, and it causes, it seems to cause the clock to set backwards. And you lose time because you have to, God has to wait for you to get in the right frame of mind. If, if you had just followed along, you would have been in step with him. So I'm in that kind of stage of realizing that, you know what? I don't want the clock to set back on me and, and have to get in step with God. I want to be in step now. And this is, this is, this is really a tricky season because I think for a lot of Christians, Joe, I don't know if you felt it. For a lot of Christians, they feel like they're on the cusp of something. That God is ready to do something. And I believe in the latter rain coming really soon. Um, and I want to be able to help that latter rain come along. I don't want to make it not happen. I want to do my part and I have a little tiny part in there and all of us have these little tiny parts. And if we're faithful to them, God will create this deluge out of everybody's orchestrated effort. So there is an opportunity during the season for those who feel um, in a negative space, fearful, angry, 
whatever flavor it is, to really come into alignment with what God is doing and with the urgency that he's doing it to help the others come home. Um, and that's a big statement. I, I would love to delve into it more, but I'm, I'm not sure where to go at this moment with that thought. So I want to let it rest a little. I don't know if you want to interject or say anything. I want to. I want to circle back to something that you had said. Um, I think that we are in a season right now where there are a lot of Christians that are going through the paces right now, <clears throat> where there's a lot of people that. Um, for one reason or another, are in a season of suffering something, suffering some kind of something or other. And I feel like this is one of the first seasons where I have been kind of directed, I guess, of where in the Bible to be hanging out. And I've kind of been doing a circuit in a couple of different uh, translations, but um, sticking in the same parts of the Bible for right now. I'm camping in Isaiah, the Gospels, Acts, and then Revelation. Wash, rinse, repeat, wash, rinse, repeat for different, um, for different translations. And there's this, you know, we talked about a lot of things, right, over the whole Christmas season but a lot of them centering around this whole idea of hope and we see if you read isaiah there's so many reflections in from isaiah to jesus's word word in the gospel to the actions of acts and on to what we see in revelation and it's this whole idea of a coming hope. First off, it's Jesus. Then the coming hope being Jesus' second coming. So on and so forth. And, and there's these, these reflections, almost like you're looking into water or into a mirror. That you can see the reflection of the same concept in different situations. So... I say all of that to say that as you go through these different periods of time, you see that for time immemorial, there have been seasons where things have gotten bad. And right now, I think I've talked to more Christians that have su something suffering than not in my own personal sphere. Um, Ranging from all all sorts of things, everything from seasonal depressive disorder, just beating the tar out of a lot of people, to family emergencies, to own personal struggles, and so on and so forth. And so, we see different depictions of stay, staying firm and staying resilient in that hope in in the resiliency that we're called into 
you know, as we go into this new year, you know, you had said before about people saying that, you know, oh, it's not going to be like anything like the last year. It can't be as bad. All that. There was a collective, you hold your tongue. I could hear it. Um, you know, with, with, with the ridiculous litany of years that we have had, but, um, I think it becomes easy. And this is something we talked about last year, uh, totally unknowing that all of the nonsense was going to just continue on into this new year. But I think that even before the, the COVID era, I think it was still, you know, you see the the new year, new you. And trust me, I'm in marketing. I know all of the weight loss places, all of the gyms, all of the health food gimmicks, all of the things are preying upon people that have this kind of mindset of I'm going to try and shed all of the bad stuff heading into the new year. Okay. First off, I want to say, if you realize that there's a flaw, at least there's step one. You've gotten that far. At least there's that. But here's my question, right? Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting for the calendar change? And on top of that, why do we give the calendar change so much power? You know what I mean? Like... I think part of what brings about this natural introspection during this time is just on a normal basis, it's this year in review sort of mentality that kind of takes over. You know what I mean? Like, how am I? Who am I? What have I done? Have I, you know, lived up? Have I not? You know, all of these kinds of things. And then on top of it, you add all of the things, all of the stuff. Maybe, maybe it's a health concern. Maybe it's a personal matter. Maybe it's a family tragedy. Maybe it's a workplace tragedy. I don't know. We all have our things. But you you touch on something that I want to camp at, right? Because I think when you talk about these things, when we discuss this whole idea of change, right? I think that might be the other thing is is we're we're changing the calendar, we're changing it's all change and, and and scared and being afraid of being afraid of change. Trust me, I'm I am one of those people that I, I think. In certain circumstances, and and Edgar, you probably disagree with me on this one. I think there's a healthy dose of fear to have to be had in some situations. I think a healthy dose of fear is something is something that will keep you sharp and will keep you alert. Um, that doesn't mean walk around with anxiety. That doesn't mean walk around. With, there's there's absolutely a bridge too far to what I just said. But I think being aware and sensitive is something that means that you are engaged with the situation so i might not necessarily see fear the same way that you see fear and i might not be going through the same things that you are going through but 
there is a testament to be had over the fact that we can be two people that are going through the paces that are going through things that are coming to these microphones a little worse for wear a little haggard but still standing up and saying okay no no no, let's talk about this let's talk about the fact that yeah you're right you hit the nail directly on the head there are times where i 100 percent vibe with ecclesiastes meaningless meaningless it's all meaningless like absolutely like you look at some things and man you can't there are some problems that we hit in this life you can't hit that thing hard enough you can't throw money at that thing you can't you can't wiggle your way around it there's literally no option there's literally no other choice than to by the grace of god ball up your fists and go through it right there's uh, i'm going to talk about something that you had touched on very briefly because it was just sparking off a big thing but i agree with you there's there's a healthy fear one that says avoid danger you know it's unnatural flight or fight or flight instinct and then there's a one that causes us to withdraw or to attack or that kind of negative that has nothing to do with survival um yeah i can see a lot of that the one thing that you said and i thought was very interesting uh, and you were talking about is change change can come at any time it doesn't have to be a cyclical at the beginning of a certain thing a week a month a year and i like that because it made me think of the verse that says um his mercies are new every morning if you know about scripture when does the morning come it actually comes in the middle of the day because we know from genesis that the evening and the day were the first day so actually we've gone halfway into the day when the mercies are new so that makes me think of you know that we can really throw off this encumbrance that we have of time our mindset to the perfect starting time um, which i think is great um there's a lot of people who did their best work later in life moses being one of them you know i would say at 80 is when he started his best work so that gives me another 26 years to get it together um i'm probably off on that by a little bit but not much um so you know god it god i want to say god is interesting but that that diminishes what i'm trying to say the interesting thing about god is that he is infinite and he could take somebody like me and if i will allow him i can do things for him that i could not do for myself i could do things for him through him and dwelt by him that i could not do for myself that makes me think of you know what are the possibilities what are the possibilities 
am I holding myself back? And this is not to build a fear because a lot of people feel well, we'll get into that vicious cycle. Well, I, I always hold myself back. What's the difference? But the idea is to journey with God, to be in step with him. And I think this is one of the great things that we often discuss, Joe, is that we can lead imperfect lives and God does the redeeming through it. We don't, it can be messy. It can literally be straight up messy, nasty, messy. You know, you've just made a fool out of yourself messy and God can step into that and bring out life. But God wants us also to bring out life through that. And James puts it, one of the ways he puts it is we use our words for life. So I can, at my age, redeem a lot of things by speaking life instead of death. And now we've done several episodes talking about this in different variations. But the thing is not to give up on where you're at doesn't match with where you think you should be. Um, Because sometimes we do that imperfectly. Uh, We'll take somebody else's perception and we'll say, that's what their standard for me is. And I should be in agreement with that. And that may not be what God's standard is. So what does he say about you? What does he say about you, Joe, that will move you forward in bringing forth life into those around you? What are those things that are pushing you forward? Like if something rubs you the wrong way and God wants you to speak life to it, what would you say that would speak life into that situation? Those are the kind of questions that are going to move us forward in him. It's not going to be the things that, you know, distract us um, where we have to do this so much analysis before we can come up and answer. It's, it's simplistic discussion with God. What will move you forward that he has for you to do? What will you speak life to? And I'm not doing some, so, so what is that phrase? Hokum thing, but I'm telling you straight up, you could tell a person, you know, a curse out, curse them out, or you could give something that's life giving to them. Which one do you choose? It's very easy to do those things. But how do you do it when you're in just an everyday mundane thing at work and you're going through about your day? What does speaking life in just the day-to-day ins and outs look like? There's there's power in understanding that some of this does in fact boil down to just doing your reps you know what i mean i believe it was bruce lee that said do not fear man who knows a thousand ways to punch fear man who's practiced one way a thousand times it's this idea that you know when you go through the reps then you become more and more comfortable you know what I mean? To my to my right is all of my gym equipment. And it's grown over the years and all of that. And I've become more and more um, fluid with what I can do with that gym equipment because of years of lifting and years of doing reps and things like that. And I'm finding 
that for as much as I have tried to find excuses to the contrary, that a big part of all of this thing, this whole relationship with God, how we navigate this life is going through the reps. Now, some of you may say, well, wait a minute. That sounds a whole lot like works. Okay, I've said this before and I'll say it again. There's a difference between works and effort. Our relationship with God is not opposed to effort. But just because we're putting forward effort doesn't mean that our works are what's saving us or what is moving the ball forward. And so, <clears throat> you know, I going back to everything that I've been reading, I just watching the cycle, just watching the cycle of despair that needs hope somebody speaking hope and rejecting it and then on through to to looking towards the new hope and and all of that kind of stuff and you know i think that's a big part of where the power is you know i think Not to do two different quotes from two different people that aren't the Bible, but I believe it was philosopher Mike Tyson who said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. You know, everybody's got a devotional until they get punched in the face. Everybody's got a reading plan until they get punched in the face. You know, this is something that still shocks me that comes out of my mind, but one of the most practical things that I can think of is memorizing scripture because sometimes you're not going to have the opportunity to pull out your Bible. Sometimes you can't thumb through until you find just that right thing. But being able to have those things on your heart to speak over the situation, and I mean speak. I don't just mean think about it. I mean speak it. I mean put those words to use. They are power. Use them. Now, again, going into the new year, whether or not it's New Year's related, like you want to finally lose that 50 pounds, or if it's larger and scope and size, maybe it's something that you might as well be looking at Mount Everest in front of you. Yeah, like I said, there are some things that are too big to try and conceive how you could possibly move them. You know, something you said struck me with with something that I read, um, that the, the part where Jesus tells a Pharisee, was it a Pharisee? I don't know. The part where Jesus says that um, God could take a stone and create a child of Abraham. And that you know, we cling to ritual, I think, sometimes as Christians because it makes us feel more comfortable. Like, at least if I can go through this enough times, if I can read enough of my Bible, if I read X amount, then the healing will come or the solution will come or the big breakthrough will come or the weight loss will come or whatever the case may be. And, you know... Y'all know me, I I 
take this thing down to the practical. I think that's where the power is. I think the power is in the practical. I think you can sit there and loft about it as much as you want, but you got to figure out how to incorporate this into your everyday life because that is where God meets you. God doesn't meet doesn't just meet you on Sunday morning. He doesn't just meet you in a big bombastic sermon with all of the feels and all of the frills and all of the stuff. It's it's when you're going for a walk. It's when you're quiet alone in your office. It's when all hell is breaking loose. That's where God meets you. And so if we can take those intentional things and understand that they need to be a part of the everyday, then we may might end up find ourselves letting go of some of what we cling to to try and make us feel better. To try and state that this is the thing that's going to make it all work out. Now I've pleased God. Maybe maybe now I've done enough to please God that he will step in and he will do something about my situation. And the reality is, is that for everyone, everyone, doesn't matter if you are in a foreign land and you are facing persecution. It doesn't matter if you are stateside and you are that struggling parent. Maybe you're, you know, Christmas problems, kids problems, this, that, or the other thing. If you are staring down the barrel of a medical diagnosis or whatever whatever the case may be, you never have to wonder whether or not God sees your problem. That's not something you ever have to second guess. And trust me, <laughs> I am I am in the boat with anybody else who's going through this right now because I am as much talking to myself right now as I am talking to anybody else. You know, I I hope that one day, you know, low-key, I've I've hoped that when I say stuff like that, putting myself in the group sort of thing, that somebody's listening that was like me, how I used to be. When I would look at people like you or Jamie or any of the other teachers or pastors or holy men, as I used to call you guys, that you guys are the ones that have God's direct line. Forget about us sinners over here. Forget about that. Like, it, we're not the ones that prayer that prayer is that prayer is good for, or that 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 we're the ones that are kind of left behind out of the equation. Because there's power and understanding that it doesn't matter if you're in front of a microphone, in front of a camera, behind a pulpit, in front of the crowd, in the crowd, on your knees doesn't matter where in any situation you are god doesn't just hear the issues of the elect and so when we face these things these these winds of change you know whether or not you're staring down the barrel of an uncertain year or whatever we can all look to this whole thing of change with a certain measure of confidence you know and I, and I think for me this practical nature and I I go for a walk I walk about mm, b- between four and five miles every morning 
And I, the whole time, just, I've got the Bible on repeat. I've got, that's just the type of person I am. I know that's not everybody to listen to the Bible. I know that's not for everybody, but for me, I will, the second that I sit down with a book in my hand, my brain is off to the races. I am thinking about every other thing other than the words that I, that I am reading. So for me, something like an audio Bible is, is perfect. So just on on repeat going through going through going through and i think part of where god is has me right now is understanding that mine is not the first cry of despair that has ever reached god's ears mine is not the first trouble that god has had to hear about or to to do something about or something along those lines but every generation has had their compulsion for hope for something outside of themselves i just want some i just want this normalcy i just want this to end whatever this is i just want i just want things to be okay i think we all have a longing in our hearts naturally a longing for Eden, a longing for paradise, a longing for perfect that our heart cries for. And that's okay. If you are there, that's okay. It's natural. It's human. And the beautiful thing is we can turn to God. We have something to turn to. And that doesn't mean it's going to feel comfortable. You may turn to God and things are still going off. Everything's still popping off. You don't know what's going on. You don't know what is what and who's who. But still, you stand. You you get up and you stand. Not Life knocks you back down. You get back up and you stand again. And you allow yourself to become stubborn to the point of you refuse to leave God's side. Win, lose, or draw. I'm I'm on a I'm camping someplace out. You know how you talked about when you were camping out in I think it was four or five books, and you were just on rinse and repeat, which by the way I like that a lot. <clears throat> um I've been camping out on one particular verse for I wanna say three weeks now. And it's one of those mystical kind of verses and i hate to use the word mystical because people think i'm talking like witchcraft whenever i use that word it's like a but it's like a mystery you know that's the way and i say that because that's where whenever someone would use the word mystic i would think of that that's just me speaking to my roots um but it's in second corinth excuse me first corinthians 2 um 16 and i read it from the nlt for who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. That is a big blow-me-up statement. I mean, that blows my mind a lot. <clears throat> because it tells us we can tap to into God's understanding, know his ways, that he can reveal himself, his innermost thoughts to us that we have the ability 
to connect to what he's actually thinking. When he sees a person, we could see that person through his eyes. And there was a song several years ago that talked about seeing other people through God's eyes. And I think Matthew West sang it. It was a really nice song. But a lot of times we don't think of ourselves on this level of having full access to Christ's mind. But this is what Paul says. And why would we be allowed that? Why would we have that as an option? And if you start to think of it, answers will probably reveal themselves. I guarantee you one answer that will not be there is for you to rule the world. That will not be an answer that will come up. If it does, there's something really wrong with you. You know, email me. <laughs> we'll pray together. Uh, <clears throat> but seriously, you know, those kinds of questions just calibrate. Joe, if, if the Lord wants you to tap into his mind, his thoughts, what would be some of the reasons you would think he would allow that or he would want you to do that? The first word that just literally popped into my head as soon as you asked that question was transformation. You know, we, I, I take, for me, I, I take myself and, and, you know, when we first met, oh, dude, I wanted to fight the world. I, I didn't want, I was just an angry dude all the time. And when I would encounter things, my first instinct was to shoot first and ask questions later. Just get angry, just just, and wildly swing at whatever I could. Um, it's it's in those moments. It would seem. It seems like to me that as we take steps in still experiencing this life, like we said, you know, we're not we're not immune to experiencing this life and all of its ups and downs and goods and bads that that we have these opportunities to step in there and say and be able to learn from the ultimate teacher of like okay this is this is processing something this is you know it's almost like you know to to use the same illustration that the bible uses right just you, you know what did you do with your with, with your kids when as they were as they were coming up you taught them you went through and you had you you've got this this blank slate in front of you that doesn't know anything that you are responsible for teaching. Here you go. And and you start the process and, and you, you start building, the, building those building blocks in a lot of ways, except for with God, he's got to break all the bad habits that we've already <laughs> learned over time and memoriam. But we, but he's, he's bringing us to this opportunity to be able to really learn, but the right way this time, how to do these things, how to think these things, all of that. Yeah. See, these are the kinds of, and I think even a new Christian would benefit from questions like this, because I think immediately these types of questions call us to acknowledge God and to, without really doing anything, come into alignment with him. <laughs> To calibrate, if you will, um, I would see this, and I could say many different things, but all of them would be to my benefit. You know, he wants me to have his mind, so I can't be thinking what I normally would think. 
Um, you know, I can't be thinking of, you know, getting ahead or getting the upper hand, all this kind of stuff that you might hear in an aggressive corporate life or any of these other things. I mean, I, I, I just diminish it by trying to give examples, you know, but having the mind of Christ would also tell me that I have to love other people, you know, even if I don't see them, if, if I'm seeing them the, the wrong way, that the mind of Christ will compel me to look at them differently. Well, why would Christ love this person? It doesn't, it's not on their merit. It is because Christ loved them. He, he loved us first. That's why we love him. So if I can somehow become that instrument of Christ's love to this person, that person will in theory love Christ back. If the, he receives that love of Christ from me, then he will be able to latch on to Christ. So these are, your mind can just literally start blowing up with all these opportunities to start doing so and bring forth this whole season of hope, you know, and, and feeling like a new person that you can do things. Ask yourself the right question from the scriptures and it can completely transform you. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. There's no darkness in any of any of those glories. So these constant asking the questions, as like Joel was saying, that he listens to the scriptures, which is, by the way, the way it was originally done, because it was not written for the masses. It was only written for the Pharisees and the religious leaders to read the text from, and they recited it to the people, and the people would listen. And they'd be listening like really attentive so they could get everything in. So however you can immerse yourself and 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 see when something really lands and the Holy Spirit wants to ask you a question, well, what do you think this says to you? What do you think this says about me? How do you see this in you and me in our relationship? Is this word a true picture of my and your relationship together. You know, all these questions are wonderful questions that can lead to transformation. And the more that we're willing to move forward or lean in, the more we'll see grow in our lives. The pruning will be easier. We'll give more uh, fruit that way. Um, and I will tell you, there'll be a point where you feel hesitant because you're nervous to go forward because of the cost, the change, the uncertainty, you know, the things that you're giving up, that's normal, we'll push through. I'm going through that myself, you know, I feel hesitant, but I know that if I'm to move forward with God, I've got to push through. It's almost like, and I'll give you this story from my life. And mind you, I'm a grown man at this point. I'm in my mid forties and I'm on this plank. This is in upstate New York. And they have like these little rivers that sort of get dried up and you can walk on the on them. And but there's a places where like where the water comes in and it turns up. And so you got a bit of a deep area. I'm on this plank and I can see that the 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 plank is above the water. I want to say a good seven, eight feet. I cannot discern the bottom of that so i don't know if it's deep or shallow if i'm going to hit the bottom as soon as i jump in or not 
when I'm walking to the end and I look back, I see it's too far to go back and I'm literally shaking the plank up and down because I'm so nervous. It's actually jittering. And I said, if I go back, I'm going to fall. And there were people all around me, fathers with their kids, people waiting behind me to get in. And they could tell I had a huge fear here. And I jumped in. I didn't know what was going to happen, if my feet were going to strike rock or not. I jumped in. And as soon as I hit that water, my breath left my body. It was so cold. And I swam to the surface. I don't know how deep it was, but it was not a concern. And what I happened when I got up and broke the surface is I heard people applauding because I had gotten past my fear. So I say that story to say is you're not going to know what's going to be at the end of that. But when you push through, that's the only time you find out what you're going to gain. Okay, so pushing through the fear is going to give you something. And I believe it's going to give you something good from God. Yeah, uh, and where, regardless of where you look in the Bible, we can look to biblical evidence for everything that we're saying here. That these, you see people that have had to go through ridiculous things, huge things, terrible things, all kinds of things that the only way that they made it was to go through it was to just keep pressing forward and and i know i know it is one of the hardest things to do that that what we're talking about here because that's the, the that's the kind of thing uh, this is where this is where faith is born you know, I think that for a lot of people, faith is testing the boundaries, testing the limits, pushing forward, all of those kinds of things. And I think that that's something to remember if you've been a Christian for decades or something to understand if you've been a Christian for days. And, and to speak to newer Christians out there, if this is something that comes to your mind and you get the gimmick, trust me, you're uh, <laughs> you're further ahead of the 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 majority of the pack for understanding this. And that it's not it's not about the glory of that. It's about understanding something that is very hard for a lot of Christians, a lot of humans to understand. That regardless of where you of how you shave this thing, regardless of what position you come at this thing from regardless of if you are in a part of the world that's super into new year's and new year's resolutions and whatever or if you're somebody who's coming off of a really hard season with it coming out coming out the other side of the the holidays um if if you're somebody that is just plain old just going through something There again, there are some times that the only way is through. 
The only way to build the trust is to go through it and make it practical. Don't be afraid to make it practical. Camp in the same spot. If there's something that's on your heart, camp there. Talk to God about it. Contrary to what some believe, it's not about how many verses you get in a day. It's not about how fast you read through the Bible or anything like that. Whether or not you're camping on five books on repeat or you're camping on a single verse for three weeks. doesn't matter. Stay there for as long as you need to stay there. Talk to God. Be in the presence of God. Make it standardized as a means to press forward into that relationship. You know, we're not talking about making it a ritual and all of that kind of stuff. We're talking about making it so relevant in your life that you can't that it's what it's what you turn to it's it's the natural instinct of your person is to go there because if you don't have that natural instinct we fully and completely know as humans our minds will go every other way every other place every other direction every other which way we are in a time where so much fixation is made on change so much fixation is on you know what is new and shedding the old and this and that you know uh, i my heart has been so taken this season with you guys I just know it's just one of those things you ever just have a moment where you just know that there are some of you that listen to us every single week that are in the same kind of boat where you're going through the paces. You come to this thing a little haggard, a little worse for wear. And my heart has been taken for praying over the body over you guys and I will continue to do so but beyond that more importantly than that God sees you so do not fear that's that's easier said than done I get it but it's also not impossible building up those reps building up those muscles building up that experience you know it took me a long time to be able to trust edgar with being vulnerable in front of the microphone like this to being able to trust that he's not just gonna you know take me out to the deep end and drown me there with with theology like that's just that's just facts that's just humans so what what more what more do we have to expect from God? You know what I mean? If we can be pleasantly surprised by humans, then what better do we have to expect from God? By trusting Him. By putting that time and that effort and that energy in. God, I cannot begin to tell you how joyful I am that even in the midst of all of this, everything you know the cries of my heart you know the cries of edgar's heart you know the cries of each one of our hearts 
I cannot put words to how beautiful it is that there is something else other than the hurt, other than the fear, other than any of the situations. So God, right now I pray a blessing of peace over the hearts and homes of everybody listening. You know their situations. I don't. I don't need to. You do, though. You know their situations. So, Father, as as we enter, continued into this season, as we enter into the new year, as we continue to step forward, I pray that your spirit be over your people. I pray that your church is strengthened that the workers are plentiful because the harvest only grows the labor is there father i thank you i thank you that you are good regardless god forgive me for my moments of unbelief forgive me when i waver continue to give me the strength to step forward even when I waver. Father, I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen.